I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, So that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there jmscomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots.
What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hey, idiots, welcome back to Ignorance is Blessed, the podcast that attempts to overcome ignorance, mostly by asking ignorant questions. With me, JMS, Jessica Michelle Singleton. I'm your host. I'm a comedian. And I'm a fucking idiot. That's why we're here. Because we all have idiot thoughts sometimes. So I'm taking the bullet on all of our idiot questions. If you are new to the podcast, first of all, thank you for giving me a shot. I know you have an absurd amount of options. I appreciate you listening. Please hit that subscribe button. Leave a rating and a review on iTunes. That helps. I love reading your ratings and your reviews. I don't read the ratings. I just see them. I like reading the reviews. Obviously, the high ones, the good ones give me uh, joy because I'm like, oh, the people like it. And the ones that are a little more critical when those come through, don't love them. But they are important. I do consider that feedback. And I'm saying that specifically to the one critical <laughs> review I have received. <clears throat> but thank you for that. It was insightful. I appreciate it. Thank you to everyone who has already subscribed, already reviewed. Oh my God, there's so much to tell you. I have a new album out. If you don't already have it, go get it. It's all over my social media. It went to fucking number one because of you guys on Amazon, on iTunes. It's called Horny for Death. Oh my God. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who pre-ordered that, who pre-saved it. Fuck, another number one. It's wild. I appreciate your support. Another way to keep supporting me, patreon.com slash jmscomedy. I'm putting stand-up clips. We get full-length episodes before they drop. I'm going to start doing more videos. I'm trying, here's the truth, the God's honest truth. I may have said it on the the last episode. I'm trying to cut out some other non-stand-up, non-this-podcast things. So I have the energy to focus on this because I'm spinning too many plates. I've said that a million times. I talk about doing too much in this episode with my amazing guest. Uh, but more importantly, you know, you we all only have a certain amount of energy. And a thing I need to keep working on accepting is with my rheumatoid arthritis, my energy is not always up 100% of what it, it would be were I not suffering from a a chronic illness. So there's days where I just tap out. And to be honest, that's why it's been a while since I've even scheduled one of the Patreon hangouts because I kept having to move them sometimes because of overscheduling, but mostly like I just run out of energy. So I'm not giving up on those. We do. That's higher level thing. It's been a little while. That's uh, the top tier patrons. Uh, I do what we call crappy hours and they're a lot of fun and I really, really love them. I'm just trying to get my shit under control. And that is the ongoing theme with some of these recent episodes. We'll get more into into some of the old stuff we used to do as well. But this is the journey I'm sort of on. I appreciate you guys being on it with me and uh, rooting for me and, and telling me what's going on with you, sharing your stories with me. That is very helpful. And shout out to uh, all the patrons, new and old. You can join. There's bonus content. I want to start doing more. Uh, so get over there and tell me what you like. Patreon.com slash JMS comedy. And it helps support me, supports the podcast. Another way to support the podcast and myself without spinning a goddamn thing. We've got a Facebook group. Ignorance is hashtag blessed idiots. 
get in there, share your questions. I try to post before every guest uh, to ask for questions. So get in there, keep the alerts on, notifications, and you can send in your questions. And I really do my best to include those as much as I possibly can. And uh, other patrons can attest to that. Uh, and also, you know, it's helping me continue to have energy uh, on the days I do have it. Neurogum. It's uh, caffeinated gum with B vitamins and L-theanine. It gives you focus and energy without the jitters that you get from other jittery things. As I side-eye the half-drink coffee bean cold brew that I had, wondering today why I made that choice and when I will come crashing down, hopefully not before I finish editing this fucking episode because it's overdue, you guys, but I had the podcast release and I just leaned into that. I was like, let me focus, not podcast, album. I was like, let me focus all my energy on this, you know, one thing at a time instead of trying to do all of them because I wanted that to go well. And I was very fortunate to go on a family vacation not with my family, if that made you raise your eyebrows because you've heard me talk about my family, although we will all be in Vegas this weekend, my mom's side of the family. That's the kind of vacations we do. But I went to a gorgeous vacation in Hawaii, which I would love to tell you more about. Do you guys like the solo episodes? If I did more of those, I've been thinking about doing like a Monday meditation where I just go off about whatever I'm working on the thing of the week. I don't know if it should be a podcast. I don't know if it should be an Instagram live. I don't know if anyone gives a fuck. But uh, I want to know, so hit me. Hit me on the socials or in the Facebook group or wherever the hell you can grab me. No, enough about me. Oh, but wait, getneuro.com slash JMS. If you want to try Neurogum, highly recommend it. You'll get 50, 15% off your first order when you use that code. So why not? Give it a shot. Try it once. You don't like it. Don't have it again. But I think you will. Let me be clear. They are not an official sponsor of this podcast. They gave me this code because I will not shut the fuck up about them. And I love them so much. So they're like, let's reward you for your free promotion uh, by giving your listeners and followers a little discount. So I truly love them. And I sincerely mean it when I tell you, if you try them, I want to know how you feel. Hit me up about it. This is the thing I dork out about. People make their whole personality, their political party. Mine is the caffeinated gum I chew. Fuck it. Anyway, enough about me. Uh, uh, wait, one more thing about me. I've got a bunch of tour dates coming up. So I am coming to your fucking city. Maybe. I'm not coming to, I mean, there's only so many dates and there's way more cities, but I'm coming to Cleveland. I'm going to Pittsburgh. I'll be in Houston for Skankfest. I'm doing Buffalo. I'll be in Portland, Reno. I'm doing a bunch of places. JMScomedy.com slash shows. I think. Or JMScomedy.com. Hit the tour button. I don't know, but Fuck, the shows I've been doing have been so good. Philadelphia, uh, Raleigh. Those were my last two shows before I went on this vacation. Amazing crowds, amazing people. I love meeting you guys. I'm selling Queef t-shirts. I'm saying hi to you all after the show. Uh, so, you know, do what you need to do. Get your mask, get your vax, whatever your fucking comedy club is telling you to do. Whatever your safety protocol calls for. I've got mine. They shot me up. I'm fucking ready. Let's snort some hand sanitizer and have a good time. So come to those shows. Now, enough about me and snorting hand sanitizer. Let's get to our guest. I've gone on far too long, as is the case with me pretty much all the time. My guest. Oh, my God. I like, I'm, I'm so excited for you guys that I am simultaneously annoyed that 
I put this uh, on hold because I love this episode. I love this woman. It's Rachel Branke. She's fucking incredible. She is absolutely, when you talk about boss bitches, badass women, this is the kind of woman that anyone who aspires to be that type of woman should look to for inspiration. She's got an amazing podcast, not even like observing her inspiration. Like she tells it like it is. We talk, we open talking about her podcast. Uh, she's just an entrepreneur extraordinaire. And on top of all the businesses she runs, she also helps people, you know, dive into their entrepreneurship, into their, you know, building their dream business. And I think this is huge. Uh, you know, there's so, I think there's a lot of us. I know just from personally talking to friends outside of comedy. I have friends who they know they want to do something. They just feel a calling, but they can't really figure it out. And she, she fucking gets people lined up. She helps people figure out their thing. And let me tell you, as someone who not only has figured out their thing, but also recently has been making genuine effort to cut out all of the things that do not serve my thing, AKA stand-up comedy, comedy, connecting this. It's, it changes your life when you know what your purpose is, you know, which way you're going. I mean, the amount of joy I have always felt knowing that stand-up comedy is my truth and my purpose. But then in the recent month or two where I've really committed to honing in on that and not grasping at straws, thinking I need to be doing all these other things because I have peers that do multiple things. We talk about it in the episode. I'm not going to go on and on. You guys, it's game-changing. And she helps other people reach their goals, their potential, their their dreams. She's She's amazing. And she's running like four businesses and she's done the fucking Iron Man, Iron World Championship. Are you fucking kidding? Listen, enough for me. And she has kids. She's got a bunch of kids and she does all this. Fucking superwoman. Jesus. Listen, you're going to love her. So I already know that. So just so you know, uh, there are links to find her and her podcast and her things in the show notes as always. All right, enough about me. Please, please, please enjoy my wonderful guest, Rachel Branke. Hey, idiots. Welcome back to another awesome episode, hopefully, of Ignorance is Blessed. I'm here with incredible entrepreneur, podcast host. Okay, Iron. Okay, <laughs> this blows my mind that you were, you did the Iron, did you did the Iron World Championship? Yeah. It's Rachel Brenke, by the way, you guys. I'm just so yeah. excited. Iron Man. Uh, but you did, did you do like the big one in Hawaii? Yeah, I did. Oh my God. How was that? How long ago? Well, you don't have to, I don't, you don't have to like give away any. Oh, a couple of years. Uh, I thought you were going to ask how long it took me. I was going to say way longer than it should have, but <laughs> no, it was a couple of years ago. Um, the experience was wonderful. <laughs> Is that like, you're like, <laughs> I did it. It's done. I'm not going to be an ongoing Ironman person. I mean, I do Ironman tra- uh, races. El- it wasn't my favorite course, but it was like ah. the world championships, right? And so it was fun. I was part of media, NBC, like did a feature. It was a whole thing. My family was there. So like the surrounding experience was great and doing the race was good. But yeah, I mean, it's hot and humid and windy. Oh my God. What time? Of y- That's in Hawaii, right? What time of year yeah. was that? October. Ooh, I just said that I'm literally going to Hawaii in October. Can't wait. Uh, hashtag blessed. Happy to be there. Um, wow. Okay. Let's take it a few steps back because I'm super excited. Um, I've been excited to have you. I feel like this is a very serendipitous timing because 
Um, I've listened to your podcast. I was literally just binging an episode about, uh, hustle culture. And I am currently in my, um, what do I call it? Recovery from <laughs> being, uh, what a douchey. I'm, I'm, rec- I'm a recovering hustler. <laughs> That's the first step to recovery is admitting. I mean, when oh, a whole problem. <laughs> yeah. I am like really just crazy timing because my podcast has been all over the map with scheduling and I'm throwing things in. But when I realized I was like, Oh, that's tomorrow. Oh my God. Like I've been waiting for this. And it's just, I, I have just started re kind of organizing my own life, my own goals. And I was like, ah, ah, perfect timing. Well, I'll tell you the bad news. (laughs) I mean, I I don't know if I said it in that episode. I mean, like, I feel like it's easy to get onto a podcast or on Instagram or wherever else on the socials and be like, screw hustle culture. Yeah. Right. But the reality is seasons of life change and all like, even right now for me, like when kids went back to school, thank God. Um, (laughs) And it's just, it's just the whole thing right now, you know, trying to get back to this quote unquote new normal. But I realized within the last few days, I even said to my assistant, I'm like, I don't feel like I've gotten anything done. And it's, it's one of those, like what you were saying, just reorienting, getting back to realizing that you don't have to hustle, but you may fall into the culture, you know, just you hear about it. You may feel like you need to, or you may not even realize you're doing it just because season of life has changed. Oh, absolutely. And there's always going to be different periods of time where things have to pick up in different ways. And I, totally can see how it's easy to slip back into those habits or just feel like you have to kind of lock into that mode. Mm -hmm. Like right now I have a new comedy album coming out in like a week. So I had all these, I'm going to cut this and I'm going to make all this time for self-care, which I'm doing better than I have normally done, but it's like, no, you're going to like lean into being like, I have to tell everyone I have to get on my own. I have to do other podcasts. I have to do this. And it's just, you know, it's, it's a balance, but I mean, this is kind of like business building entrepreneur entrepreneurship. I never can say that word entrepreneurial (laughs) spirit. Um, (laughs) I mean, you sort of really tackled this in a really awesome and successful way, you have three, how many businesses do you have, girl? I had to count for a second. (laughs) Four. Well, so so technically, yes, four. We'll go with four. Okay, that's so like technically, (laughs) I I can totally vibe with that feeling. Um, Well, let's start a little bit, like a little bit of background on you. Um, I mean, have you always been running your own business, entrepreneur? You know what? I'll tell you what, growing up, I always never, (laughs) I never fit into like the school structure. I mean, my report cards would be like the normal, Rachel's talkative, she's bossy. Oh, and by the way, she reorganized my entire organization and homework system. So thanks for that. It's like (laughs) good and bad, right? I didn't fit into the whole like cubicle desk type structure, but 
So no, I haven't always been an entrepreneur because growing up, and we won't give away my age, but growing up, like this was before Facebook, before, I mean, even before MySpace, the idea was in my family, you go to school, you go to college, and then you work a career, yes. sit in a cubicle farm. And even once I started my businesses, it was about the time that I was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. You know, you would think that'd be like your pivotal moment. The angels come down and tell you, follow your dreams. But I still was feeling the pull of like society's pressure to um, work a regular corporate job. Like wow. that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Even in your diagnosis, you still felt like, you were you kind mm -hmm. of at this crossroads of like, well, this is a time I should like let go and lean into what I want, but also how can you do that? Can I actually do that? And I got to eat. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So. I, and uh, <laughs> assuming medical bills, you're like, well, I can't just like throw caution to the wind and be like, mm -hmm. I'm just going to meditate for a few years and see if it works out. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, some people take that big jump and do it. I'm a little bit more conservative in that aspect. So I while I was building uh, my first initial business, which I still have, it's uh, I was working corporate jobs probably for four or five years. Um, and then I finally, you know, it took really took off financially. And I was like, you know what, this is giving me financial freedom, physical freedom, emotional freedom. Ah, screw the corporate world, screw what anyone thinks. And everyone's honestly been really supportive ever since. Oh, that's amazing. What was your, which was your first business? Fun. Well, actually, okay. I should with a little asterisk to that. So I had an online apparel store coming from the most non-stylish person possible. <laughs> While I was learning that, I had friends coming to me like, can I pay you to teach me how to run a business? And I'm like, well, I just started, but sure. Cause you gotta think about it. This was before we had Pinterest, the freemium information. Like none of this exists. Yeah. You had to pay to find anything. And so people were just coming to me and I started blogging about um what I was doing in my in the online apparel business wow. and what I learned and I was coaching and so the coaching I still have I don't have the apparel store anymore but um <laughs> I sold that off but yeah I just so I was coaching before coaching was cool that's <laughs> I mean well that's huge because it is I okay I am not a coach mm -hmm. I ha have never thought maybe in the pandemic when I thought I could do like eight million other things because stand-up comedy wasn't around <laughs> like but I, the amount of ads I get from Instagram that are just like, and I don't know if it's the number of followers or maybe it's because I'm like interviewing and talking to people like yourself and, but the algorithm really thinks that I have a course to sell. And I'm like, it's almost to the point that I'm like, well, should I make a course to sell? Like, <laughs> what could I teach? But the fact that you were really in on that, like the, you're blogging back then when like people were, what's a blog? I mean, that's huge stone tablets chiseling all that <laughs> yes <of> stuff. <laughs> 10 ways to level your uh, no i mean that no but honestly like it, it, for me it, i didn't even think i was going to get into this to do any sort of like business to business coaching i always thought if i went into entrepreneurship it was going to be like business to consumer like selling apparel absolutely and, all that. and but i realized you know the freedom that it gives and i was like you know i want other moms to have this too. I want them to have the capabilities and it just kind of spiraled from there. Oh, of course. And it's like, I think, you know, when you're a self-starter kind of figuring things out on your own and granted, you know, stand-up comedy is its, its own weird or, you know, arts or it's their own weird form of yeah. being an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. which like you don't think about when you're just sort of, you know, blinders on, do the work, do what you need to do to 
to get things done. But you're really developing and learning these skills that like good for you for realizing, you know what, actually I could take what I had to learn on my own and box that up and help people skip a few steps of not knowing who the hell to call or like what so to do. Let's, let's be a, let's be a little bit more honest here. <laughs> yes, hit me. I like I can. Honestly, in the beginning, I started blogging because I was freaking damn tired of the same questions and typing the same thing over and That's over. That's so funny. Like, just go to my blog. <laughs> <laughs> so that doesn't hit. You heard it here first. I have never said that in another interview ever. <laughs> so, so I don't want it to be like this. Oh, champion for moms and women. I mean, I was once I realized that I could do of it. Course. But in the beginning, it really was like, oh my God, I've gotten this question 13 times this week. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Just so I can link people. Yeah, no, it's like, I think about that with comedy with the amount of, cause I, I am an independent artist. I do my own tour booking. I do handle my own social media. Yeah, yeah, I'm, and this is part of at the beginning, I mentioned like my removing the hustle. I'm finally like going to bring someone on board to handle like the booking and the calendar. It's, thank you. Well, it's one of those like getting to a place you can afford it, but also this like trust issue Mm -hmm. thing with delegation. So it's like, let gotta let go and let God a little, you know, or whatever. But I mean, I didn't expect to resonate so much with what you just said, but the amount of, can I pick your brain? Can we grab a coffee? And you're like, you think I just have time for 800 coffees? I'm trying to run a damn business here. I know. Actually, I even think I have one of my earliest podcasts was like, quit asking me for coffee or something. (laughs) And it's not that I don't want to help, but even like, I mean, I said, I have four businesses. So every day is structured very specifically. And I know where I need to be when not thanks to me, thanks to my team. (laughs) High five to you guys. That's the only reason I'm sitting here right now, (laughs) but it's not that I don't want to do it. Right. And there are times that where a certain person, like you said, resonates a certain person I'll see on social media, their story will resonate with me. They'll send me a message. They'll may have been like a long-term follower. That's always updated me and interacted with my stuff. Those are the types of situations where I'm like, okay, let me find some time to just purely give back and do that. But you know, it is, I mean, you get to a point you get to a point where you get so many of those. Can I pick your brain that it's just like, girl, no, because then I'll never see my kids. I won't sleep. I won't have any time for anything. I know. And it's like if I start saying yes, the other stuff will fall apart or like slow down. And I had to learn to start saying no a little bit more on those Mm -hmm. things. And it is. Boy, that that like grace of finding like the peaceful. This person's just Mm -hmm. trying to put themselves out there. They're trying to do their thing instead of. I mean, it it varies from day to day and the amount of coffee I've had, but there's moments where I have this. I mean, it's insane, but I have the the back of my brain thought of like, how dare you? <laughs> like, who the fuck am I? But I'm like, even you think I could just chat. And I'm like, okay, relax. <laughs> I think we have to think of it though. I mean, there are some out there who are just like, they're never going to invest in whatever resources or tools that you have. And they still want to get stuff for free. But I really do think the vast majority of people that come into this that are like-minded. So that's mm-hmm. why they follow. Yep. Me, 
really just in their minds, they may be at a point, like we were talking about a little bit ago, you know, season of life and everything being busy. They may just be completely burnt out and overwhelmed. And we actually should be flattered that we're like forefront in their Absolutely. mind. Absolutely. It still doesn't change the fact that I only have 24 hours in the day. Absolutely. And I love that you figured out a plan of like, where can I put this stuff that like, I'm not going figure it out yourself, but I can like <laughs> live my life. Um, yeah. that's, I mean, kudos to you. That's incredible when you, so with like pivoting and starting a new business, obviously, especially going from like corporate to I'm doing my own thing. That's scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you get, get through it the first time? And like, does it get easier a little bit? I mean, Yeah. So, I mean, like I shared a little bit ago, I incrementally built my business while I was doing a corporate job. So I had the financial ish stability, um, during that time. And so, you know, and I work with a lot of people one-on-one who have the same internal issues. They have the fear of money. And it's so funny. I was actually just thinking about this earlier today on my bike ride. I was like, you know, there may become a point that my own train runs out or the drywall drywalls up. up. And I have to go get a corporate job. So I'm not nixing that as never an option. Like, I don't know if entrepreneurship is always going to be it for me. It's been pretty solid for 16 years, but in the inverse, like I, in the beginning, didn't know if I could even make it happen. And I feel like the majority of entrepreneurs and it's kind of get into business the same way. And it's a double-edged sword. It's like, you can't, you have to be committed, but I feel like you also have to be conservatively about your money and your planning as well. I mean, you know, you, you want to be all in, but not to like the detriment. I mean, I had a kid at the time. Yeah. I mean, I still like, ah, that'll save me so much time. <laughs> I know. I know. Although he's 16 someday. Oh my God, he's, uh, he's almost gone. <laughs> well, yeah, no. right. he's probably, he's probably listening outside the door. Like Can I have some money, mom. <laughs> yeah, probably. But, um, and so I, I couldn't just throw caution to the wind. I think it would have been different if I had been single, if I hadn't had a child dependent upon me and also the health issues. But really, I mean, I guess the podcast answer is it was about making a plan and knowing at what level I needed to financially meet and how long I needed to financially see that goal come to realization. Like, I don't want to just all of a sudden see it in three months, quit my job, and then it's zero dollars the next Oh my month. God, yeah. Consistently before I quit my corporate job. And that's just the way I operate. I know some entrepreneurs that they just saved up a lot of money as much as they could during, you know, in the corporate world, and then they quit and then built their business. So really it's going to depend on your life circumstances and how you are able to execute. Absolutely. And for anyone listening who maybe is thinking of pivoting somewhat that direction, uh, how, like, how important do you think it is to really hash out ahead of time, like your financial goals and the goals you have for your new company, new product, et cetera. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that question pre-pandemic, I would have given like the whole golden answer, kind of like I just did of like, you know, make a plan, make sure you know what your bills are and your savings and all this sort of stuff. But this last 18 months, we've seen so many people, women specifically, that have either voluntarily left the workforce or like pseudo voluntarily, yeah. right? They had to leave childcare or whatever. And so many are jumping into entrepreneurship now. And I love it. 
the, the backside of that is they didn't have that lead time and that choice. So I feel like if you're someone that's listening to this and you're wanting to leave a corporate job, you at least need to, just like with running a business, you need to know what all your personal expenses are. You need to have like six months of savings in there, but you also have to be realistic about your goals. Like you're talking about having ads targeted at you. They do it to me too, mm-hmm. because we're always researching podcast guests and it's often, and I'm not knocking other people being business coaches. I think it's an amazing career. If you've run a successful business and you've learned a lot and you have the receipts to prove it, but there are a lot of ads of this almost get rich quit type scheme. Yes. And, I, and it, entrepreneurship's not that. No. And I really feel like you should, everyone listening should be very, you should question when you see things that it's like, yeah. make seven figures overnight. And it's like, I mean, do your research. And that's with, you know, business coaching, but anything, in my opinion, any type of course class, if you're taking it from someone who poses themselves as quote, an expert, do some research, you know, look mm-hmm. that person up, look into it. You know, if, if you happen to know somebody who maybe has taken the course, talk to them, get their feedback, because mm-hmm. there are people who are incredible teachers uh, and coaches out there, obviously, you know, you're here, but then there's people who like maybe panic, decide that like, oh, I can't do all teach. And you're like, mm-hmm. well, and, and there's maybe there's people who are very good at teaching, though they couldn't do. And what their skill set is identifying other people's things. Just just protect yourselves, guys. Don't hand over five thousand dollars and be like, mm-hmm. they said I can if I start selling Tupperware, I'll they're like, oh, no. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Some days that seems really attractive. Oh, but, yes. Uh, for real. But I guess I think my big, I, I, what I really want to impress if you're sitting there, and, and I kind of alluded to it, of that I knew how much money I needed, and I also knew how much money I wanted to make to where I felt comfortable, but I wanted to see that happen for like nine to 12 months while I was working my corporate job. So it wasn't like I had a one successful launch, if you will, that's the big buzz term now. And then I quit my job and then I had 11 months of $0. Like I wanted to see a long runway to make sure that it wasn't a fluke. And because seasons change, seasons are different. Mm -hmm. Since I work business to business, this season right now, First week of September, everyone comes out of the woodwork. I didn't hear shit from anybody all <laughs> summer because they were all at the beach, right? And so you also have to understand that there can be feast or famine. Mm-hmm. So you just need to see the consistent trajectory of it before you make the jump. Just because, and I think the other thing is entrepreneurship is not for everyone. No. And that is okay. Like you don't have to subscribe to exactly how other people are doing it. I'm one of the only that I know it's doing it the way that I have built different silos in different industries. And that's okay. There's other people that do it very good with one, one brand. And then, you know what, there's some that are professional and virtual assistants. That's a business too, or comedian creative. Like you don't have to be this business coach or what you see slammed down your throat. And maybe it's only ours because we're being targeted by oh, ads. No, but, it's not for sure. But but all the time, it's like, it's okay to under, you know, if you get into entrepreneurship too, even if you've checked all the boxes, you're making the money, but you realize it's just not for you. That's okay. And I think that's a huge win that a lot of people don't talk about. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean the, just the self-awareness and like, you know, strength, I think it takes to go to walk away from something that you've like invested in is so impressive to me because I think so many people have this habit of instead of, you know, 
realizing this isn't for me and getting out at, you know, a decent time and pivoting, there's this like ego attached, like what, you know, I already told my friends that I started this bizarre, my everyone thinks of me as the person that does this. And then you spend more time getting further and further into this hole because it's not what you're meant to be doing. Yeah. And, and the comparison thing is so important because it's so easy and I see it with, you know, comedy as well, where I live in Los Angeles and that was a big part of, so I'll bring my like sort of personal shift that I'm going through into it. But LA is entertainment Mecca, but there's, you throw a stone, you hit like 10 comedians. Yeah. And then they're like, does that mean I get to go on stage? And you're like, relax. Um, it's, it's a nightmare. Um, but there's all these different avenues, you know, it's like I do stand up. There's also, you know, trying to television acting, commercial acting, writing for television, producing. And there's this sort of mindset that uh, it's easy to get into of I need to try to be building an empire. I got to do it all. Or you see someone else doing. I have a friend that books commercials all the time and I have moments where I go like I should I should really make more of an effort with my commercial agent and submission. And it's like. No, she wants to be a commercial actor and it's very mm -hmm. easy to go. Oh, I should. Should I also want that? You see someone doing it and you're like, well, they did something similar to me and they're also doing this. Am mm -hmm. I supposed to do that, too? I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of the things that I work on with all of my business consulting clients is we define when they come in. What is what does their real business in real life look like? Like if they could write it down on paper, because we have to start at the end to reverse engineer it if we want to get there. Nice. But it's also for a lot of the reasons that you just said is because when you get into it, especially entrepreneurs, because we are motivated, but we have shiny object syndrome. We start looking mm -hmm. at what other people are doing. It's very easy to get off track. And actually we do that assessment. Um, I have them run through it and I even do it for myself on a quarter basis, if not more often, wow. like we talked about at the very beginning, when we start to feel like we're overwhelmed, I often know it's probably because I've taken on stuff that I just was like, oh, that's fun, but it doesn't really fit within what I defined, you know, you know, that would meet my real business, real life type goal. And so it's all about reorienting yourself. Now, that doesn't mean that just because you wrote that down with me at the very beginning, we can't pivot and change it, but it's definitely good to especially in the beginning and i'll tell you what i already told you guys i'm telling my age a little bit i didn't really have guidance there were not business coaches really to help no. when i first got in so i never had someone that said sit down and think about what you actually want it to look like in x amount of time i mean yeah you do your business goal you do your financial goals but for a long time I, and i do feel like i have wasted well, I wouldn't say wasted. There's lessons in everything, but I felt like my trajectory would have been quicker and probably less frustrations and impact on personal life if I had been more clear with exactly what you want to do. Like you're talking about with comedian versus commercials. Like if you want to do stand up, like pursue the hell out of stand up. And I just yes. did an episode on niching down. I think it was last week. And my tip was you want to niche down so much, but the only way you can do that is by being specific with what you want to do too, but you want it to be so terrifyingly narrow. And one of the reasons is exactly what you were just saying. 
A, you'll be the go-to for it, right? You'd be the go-to in stand-up comedy or for me, like whatever the heck it is I do. <laughs> you know, you'd be the go-to <laughs> in that stuff, but also because it allows for you to be centered on what the goal is and not get distracted by the woulda, couldas, and shouldas. Yes, I love that you said that. And I actually like swear to God, I'm not just being like morning radio show host. I literally have that podcast like queued up to listen to it because- <laughs> what that's what I'm doing now. I mean, I'm like mm-hmm. sort of paring down all the like. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day to find out more. Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. I have had my fingers in too many pots. And I think a reason so many of us do that is the fear that the one thing that we really want to make our business, to make our life is like that it won't work out. So then you overextend yourself going, well, I'll just try to have all these other things juggling and something will take off. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yes, that is a strategy that has probably worked for people, can work for people, or they got lucky. Um, whatever, but it's like, yeah, I had this clarity, this moment, a conversation with a friend that let me just shout ideas at her until I was like, aha. And I'm like, why am I crazy? person? <laughs> um, but that like, instead of trying to do, I want to try to write this TV show. I want to do this. I want to do more podcasts. I'm going to do sketches and try to submit for very small parts on TV shows, which don't get me wrong. Like if those came my way, anything that's going to like elevate my spotlight will elevate my standup. And like my goal has never been fame, but I'm very aware that the more little notable things you've done, the easier it is to get booked, the more money you can make, the more people will come to your live show and the live shows are the goal. But I've been doing too much. Maybe if I work on this, maybe if I try to be a writer when it, at the end of the day, I started this because my goal was stand up. So it's that paring down of. Yeah, actually, it's really scary to lean into stand up when it seems like so many other people are these moguls and producing their own things. And but go ahead, please. They're their moguls because they simplified down so they could scale up. They sit, they terrifyingly scaled down into one very specific thing, got damn good at it, got noted for that, like you were saying, and then they could add on the extra other stuff. Only, and you know, and I wanted to clarify that. And like, we're talking of like scale, you know, simplify, blah, blah, blah. But you're talking to someone with four businesses, but <laughs> I didn't come out the gate with four businesses. No. This is 16 plus years in the making that I have incrementally added them on. And if you look at them, they're all like logical, like compliments to each other, but they, it, it, I only build one at a time though. And I don't move on to the next thing until I have tackled that one or I've completely abandoned it. Cause you don't want it to limp along. No, um, that will suck your time, money, and energy as you're seeing. Oh my God. And I'm seeing that's so funny. The amount I relate to you and I can like literally equate it to my own that it's like, yeah, I have a, ha- a million half written pilots about like, well, I might get back to it. And you're like, will you? Or is it just a thing <laughs> occupying space in your mind? Because that's what you realize is that you're not able to bring 100 percent to the thing you're working on when you're shelling out your energy on all these other things that really aren't suiting your goal. 
But I think you hit it on the head though too, is that it's really easy to sit on a podcast and go pick one thing and do it well and make money. If you get opportunities, you got to make money. There was times in my early entrepreneurship in between corporate jobs, I waited tables in the evening so I could work on my business during the day. Would, Would you call that an opportunity? I would call it feeding my family yeah. and myself. Capitalism. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but it was all about that was a choice that was made. But there's also other opportunities that have come along that may not have best served. And you were mentioning it earlier about, you know, we have to have boundaries and saying no. So at some point you have to have that line. But I really do truly believe that there is um, blood, sweat, and tears that has to go into it, not to an extreme, yeah. but there is a sense of having to pay your dues, whether it's trying to take an opportunity to feed yourself, to figure out what it is that you actually want to do, or maybe you just want to try something, you know, a little bit new to see if maybe your interests or your skills set could be elsewhere. But I think the important thing is just not getting derailed off of why you initially got into it. Absolutely. And it's like sticking to that, like the guns and the, you know, remembering why you got started so that you don't, prematurely prematurely evacuate um okay we're gonna take a quick break and then when we come back i kind of want to dive in a little bit to uh to that idea of you know figuring out what you want or like kind of playing with that idea or where you want to could take a business um all right guys we'll be right back okay we are back Uh, Right before we went to break, you sort of mentioned, you know, the idea of paring down and focusing on, you know, what is it you want or finding a few things you want to try or maybe what you want to dive into. When you work with people, do you have people coming in and going, you know, I got I know I have the drive to do something, but I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I typically will start with the real life aspect, right? Because I feel like business should be a supporting actor to our life, no matter how much we love it. Um, at the end of the day, we don't take it when we die. We don't go to sleep with it at night, right? Like we just, it, it's not going to be a source. It can bring you fulfillment, but it should not be the be all and end all. So I like to start with like defining of what do you see in your life? And oftentimes when I work with corporate women in particular, I work with men too. So if you want to come work, we can do it. (laughs) But typically for them, it's often this idea of not being around for family as much, not being able to have as much self-care, wanting to have flexibility, wanting to be financially independent, those sort of things. So we start there, but then I also like to flip it on its head and go, what do you not, do you not like about your life now? What are some sources of frustration? And often those two are going to overlap. Mm. People often speak from the place of pain more than they do of pleasure. And so we want to move away from the pain. And and I don't know what the stats are. We could look it up. It's just like people are two or three more times likely to invest and take action to get away from pain versus increase their pleasure. I heard it was 10 to one. I read that in something and I was like, like for every, you will notice one positive thing for every 10 terrible things, which is mind blowing. Anyway, well, nine out of 10 statistics are wrong. Right? No, <laughs> <laughs> so, but I like to utilize that. So that's on the life side. And then we move into the business side because there's no sense in ha- trying to hammer with someone who doesn't know what they want to do. And so, and oftentimes by working through what the negative things they feel in their life, it, we can 
I can listen for because I've done it for so long and be, I can pick apart the things that they're good at. Are they analytical? Are they funny? Are they X, Y, and Z? And that's where we can start compiling their strengths and what they're interested in because your business and life will typically mirror one another. And as long as you allow it to happen. So we do that. And, you know, it's one of those things that sometimes people do get into business and they just absolutely realize that they're not doing what they love and they completely and utterly pivot. And like we mentioned before, like kudos to the people that make those decisions. But I feel like the majority of people that get into business when, if they work through this process that like they've done with me is even if we make adjustments, they're minor adjustments along the way, or they have developed that one silo business idea and now they're ready to do another. I think the biggest issue we see in entrepreneurs isn't so much they don't know what they want to do. There's too many ideas yes. and their life is not supporting to allow them to have clarity on those ideas. So once we work through kind of this reverse engineering, it all kind of comes to the surface. But then we're, you know, we make sure we stay on top of it as well because you don't want to be in a well-oiled seven-figure machine if you absolutely hate getting up every day having to work on it. Like that's for sure. That sure it brings you financial and physical freedom, but is that really what you want to do? And that's a whole nother conversation about like selling or, you know, hiring people to manage it for you. But wow, yeah, I, and I don't want to sound like too woo woo. I know you're out in LA, the land of woo, I guess, oh, yeah. but they, um, <laughs> I love it. I, lo- I love it. No, me too. I didn't. I used to be very logical, analytical as a child. And like the longer I've lived in LA and the older I get and more in touch with like my spiritual side, I'm like, lean in, give me all the woo. <laughs> I feel like you have to combine the two. Absolutely. So, right? Like if you pick apart the reverse engineering formula is I started with the woo and then we extracted out the logic yeah. out of that. Um, and so then we can figure out the plan and where we want to go from there. I love that. I love that so much. Um, for you personally, with some of your businesses, how did you, how did you figure out what was good for you? Um, I mean, you speak like this is the end and this is all, who knows what's in the next chapter. (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, obviously I don't have the fitness apparel store at the time. I, I mean, I have a little bit of a creative side, even though I'm an attorney and business coach, but I was really getting into like graphic design and enjoying that. And so, you know, extracting what I wanted and what the capabilities was, was available for me at the time. I was like, well, I can create designs from home and sell apparel on the internet. And, but I didn't love it. Mm. I wasn't honestly that good at it. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, I mean, it was fine. It was passive income after a while. And then I ended up just selling it off, but it's, it's been a long road for me to figure out what I wanted. And if you look at everything in my life, so the different businesses that I have, I have Rachel Branke, which is the business consulting fit legally, which is legal information for fitness. And then the law talk, which is um, legal stuff for photographers and creatives. And then I have the law firm. So they all complement each other, but they all also mirror personal aspects about me. Um, I love that. Photography. I'm an athlete. You know, I'm an online entrepreneur. So almost everything I do mirrors who I am and what I've done. That's great, and I like that it brings that in. I I, I imagine you know bringing yourself into a business where it kind of mirrors who you are, what you've done, can only help if 
only at a even at like the most service level, your reputation as someone who knows what the hell they're talking about in this field. You go like, she's a mm-hmm. lawyer who's done Iron Man. Yeah, no, I'm gonna. I would like fitness legal advice for my own fitness. Yeah. So is that for, that's yeah. for like people doing their own fitness, like personal trainers, etc. Yep. yep. Like I work with race companies when they buy each other out, hiring contracts. I work with CrossFit type gyms. I absolutely love the fitness nice. world. Uh, they're reckless AF. They need help. Oh <laughs> so yeah, I know. Call me. Um, <laughs> but I love it because it's something that is so prominent in my life right now. It wasn't that prominent when I was building the law talk. That was my photography business, you know, at the time. Nice. And so it, yeah, it just, who knows what the next chapter, whenever that's going to start. But for now, yeah, it all kind of mirrors me. But you know what? I work with some clients, business clients who their businesses don't mirror them at all. They just have a really awesome skill set. They have niched down incredibly and they love to serve people. Wow. And so they're, you know, it, it could be completely different. My, my avatar, the people I serve are essentially me reflected back, but they could have complete opposites. And so long as they have nailed down those three specifics, like they can make it happen. Like it doesn't, I guess I'm, I'm wanting to encourage those listening. If they're like, yeah. oh, I want to get an entrepreneurship, but I don't really want to serve other Ironman moms. But guess what? You don't pick, pick what you want to do. And then just put it out there. Like attracts like. It really does. And you have to kind of make the plunge to, to make anything happen. You have to go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh boy, ADHD brain. I just lost a thought. Um, oh, here we go. With your, <laughs> I know I'm a squirrel. Uh, I love it. with your own businesses, and obviously, you know, running four of them, you've done this a few times. And um, have you had a few business ideas you start up and you go, ah, never mind, scratch it, throw it away. Yes. Wow. Okay, mm-hmm. that's great to hear. I'm curious. Is it? something that you just like a feeling and knowing, or do you have like a certain deadline goals that you go, if I don't hit X by this point, maybe this isn't it for me. I mean, it's not as simple as that. So I have a couple of business brands that I tried to set up that would be complementary to what I'm doing. Like I wanted to do a legal for bloggers for a while at the time in my life, when I was trying to set it up, I didn't have the emotional and physical capabilities. Mm, So it died off. Whereas I have had other ones that I said to myself, if they don't reach X financial goal by doing all the things I know that work and doing the proper reevaluations, then we're going to kill it off. Just because once you start having all these different things, you take your eye off the ball, no matter how good of a team you may have, you're the head, you're the thought leader, you're the captain of the ship. I can't completely take my head away for something that's not given me the return to meet that real business, real life goal and let all the other ones suffer. And so I've had to let some things go, but I'll tell you what, I don't know if you saw research, I write children's books. You don't really see them on my website. Yeah, but it's for me. It's something that I do. I thought about this when you're talking about writing your um, your pilot scripts earlier is that I just enjoy it for me. But if you look at them, they all mirror. That's all so funny. And I didn't mean for him to be that way, but like, those are projects that I do if and when I have time, because it intrinsically fulfills me. Nice. They don't, they don't financially provide me. Yeah. Any. Like you're not pivoting to be a children's author, but like you you enjoy doing it. So you're like, well, that's a fun outlet. What do you think? Of- Can you imagine me being interviewed for podcasts for children's books? I'd be like, F this, F this. 
Yeah. <laughs> We're like, no, you can't come back. Like we, we had to cut the whole thing. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> There's one long censored beat. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the whole thing. Enjoy the books, kids. Uh, that's great. Well, because I think that, I mean, having a creative outlet is so important. And I mean, that's where I found uh, I spent a lot of time thinking I needed to like make a separate creative outlet after like I started doing comedy full time. I've been like, I got to start painting and I like dabble in things or whatever. But then I think I also took for granted like that I have the advantage of the thing that drives me creatively also is, you know, my career, which can be sticky, but going mm-hmm. no, you, you can still lean into the fun aspect of that and don't get like overcrowded with, you know, this sort of administrative grind of it all. But mm-hmm. I I love that you just have like these side children's books. That's amazing. <laughs> well, I like I like what you just said. It took me back. I was like, I thought I felt like we just went on a time warp like moment real quick of when I was in business and it was in that stage where I was completely overwhelmed. Everything was going great on paper. I think this is so important for entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs. Everything was freaking fantastic on paper, but I was physically and emotionally drowning. And I just remember telling myself, but business is my self-care. Business is for me. Business is my thing. And you know what? I mean, there are pieces of it, like the children's book stuff that is for me. But when everyone else wants a piece of you, your clients, your assistant, this and that, it's not for you anymore. So I I guess I just don't, maybe I'm, I don't really, I never really met anybody else that had that same feeling, but I just remember like, I just got to tough through this because business is for me, but it wasn't for me anymore. And actually that was after that is when the children's books came around because then they were for me. So don't don't feel like it has to be for you. It may have started that way, yeah. but business can take on its own form and it's okay to have other things. Absolutely. I mean, I totally agree. I love that sentiment. And like, my mind is like, wow, you're right. Well, I often think about that. It's like with stand-up comedians, the way that you guys travel and for mu- music artists, I was thinking about that today with this whole Britney Spears thing going uh, on. I was thinking, I just can't imagine when you tour there, there's like no real semblance of life. No, and no, and routine is so hard. And that is something I am currently working on, working on having healthy self-care practices with a, with an amount of acceptance that like, I'm not going to be a Pinterest board level food prepper. I'm not going to have, I can't join the 5 a.m. club to get my two hours of peace in the morning, like because I have to be up till X amount of night. You know, it's like. Learning to figure out how can I build within the structure I have versus trying to fight like the reality of my situation, you know, where it's like. 2020 was a fun year to be like, I have a routine and now I'm traveling and I'm so it's like a muscle I'm not used to. And I'm like, ah, ah, stress, but travel always throws me off. I was trying to find the notes that my therapist actually shared with me about um, attention, attitude, and action, like having the intention of, um, like what you were saying, because I feel the same way when I travel. I travel a lot to speak. And actually this weekend is my first one since pandemic. And I'm thrilled, but I fall into disastrous behaviors when I travel. Oh, yeah. I don't want to work out. I eat like crap. 
And I used to justify it. Oh, it's networking. I got to spend all this time. No, I'm just lazy because I traveled during pandemic and still had it's like a Pavlonian response. Yeah, I was like, I if you it's yeah, you go to like vacation brain and it's like this is my this is my life. I can't act like I'm on vacation for a living. That's not the kind of money I make. Like what? Uh, and also I'll be as big as a house. So I'm just like, well, I have to try the cheeseburger in every town. And you're like, no, no, you don't. Like, relax. It's tacos. Ah, <laughs> we've all got our our guilt foods, guilt, pleasure foods, whatever. Um, not. But for me, I like just like really I tell myself like leading up to it. And maybe this makes me sound undisciplined, which I'm not. But like even leading into this week, I'm leaving tomorrow night. I'm already having to prep myself of you're going to run for an hour on Saturday. If not, you're really going to hate yourself on a couple of weeks in the marathon. Right. Like you need to do this and it'll make you feel better. You're going to feel like crap if you just yes. completely let but it's the intention. And then I know I, I kind of phrase this in a negative way. I do have a positive attitude about it. I'm like, I get to do this. I have the time, I have the ability. And then, but what's the last one? It's intention, attitude, then it's action. <laughs> I actually have to commit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah intentions you know, so. are great, but like, what did you do? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I could get fused to my couch with good intentions. Let me tell you, just covered in like butter and being like, I had a whole health plan. I had an idea, <laughs> but it really is that action. And sometimes it's just like getting, getting moving for me. It's so much just like get out the door on your way to the thing. Like uh, that's the hardest part is like, get off your ass and turn on the, I do like workout videos in my hotel room. It's like, well, turn it on, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, and, you know, and I think this can be difficult if you're someone that battles with like anxiety or other mental Big health, time. it can be really, you know, it's easy to hear on a podcast, oh, get out and do it. But I, I battle with my own anxiety issues, which is funny because I'm so not ha ha funny, obviously, but like, I'm pretty so funny. Outgoing. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Maybe I'll do stand up comedy next. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. My whole team just went, oh, crap. Like, oh, God. <laughs> She's at it again. <laughs> I know. Right. No, but I. I just, I want to be, I want those that recognize it, like when the anxiety or whatever it is starts kicking up, don't feel like you have to fit into the box because you heard it on the podcast that I just had to do action. You were mentioning it earlier, giving yourself grace yes. in the situation, right? You have to do it within the confines of your abilities, your circumstances. And again, there is some intention. If all you get is through the intention step, great, next time get through intention and then set the right attitude. Like it doesn't have to be an all or nothing. And I definitely Absolutely. feel like many entrepreneurs and definitely what we see on Instagram oh. and Pinterest <laughs> that it has to be this, you got to do it no matter the cost. And it's like, that's not sustainable. That's not real life. No, no one is long-term acting like that. And anyone you see that you're like, wow, they have it all together. They're lying to you. <laughs> it's like literally none of us have it all together. Everyone is half the time flying by the seat of your pants and being like, I know what I'm doing. Do you have, I mean, my God, it's, I feel that in my bones. <laughs> <laughs> so you've mentioned your team and like, uh, in, in, you know, regards to your business and everything you do, obviously I assume starting out, it was like, it was you starting your mm -hmm. thing. Do you have any insight for people who are kind of already waiting in the waters of their own business of like, when to know when it's time to maybe bring someone on or how to, because I, I imagine mm -hmm. people can get very precious with their, you know, their one idea or their one business and like 
be afraid to like relinquish some responsibility. Do you have any insight on that? Yeah. I mean, honestly, and I, I share this transparently on my podcast and speaking that hiring and managing and being a leader has been one of my biggest weaknesses. So I'm actively always working on it. So I share that to say, if you're not a natural manager or leader, then you need to be prepared for that. Um, <laughs> And recognize that you're not always going to find all the perfect people. I'm very blessed right now, 16 years in, that I have some very solid people and the fact that I've worked really hard. But it's okay. Going back to what we were talking about earlier, having like a definition of entrepreneurship. There's so many people also telling you the only way that you can scale is have a team. I'm going to show you my tricks on figuring out like when you're ready to hire. But it is okay if you're somebody that has no desire in managing or leading. Like is no desire to be financially to, you know, dependent to provide for employees. Um, I'm thankful to say that during pandemic, we were um, hiring. We were, nice. they, my team was getting um, pay raises and bonuses and even Pelotons because what? we had done so well. I know. Oh my God. Man, I want to work for me. I no. know. I've got my Peloton like literally right next to me off cam- camera. Like, <laughs> life- yeah, yeah. Fit- obviously fitness is a huge thing in my that I believe in the culture that I want to cultivate. But I'll tell you that actually what we were talking about before when I said that there, I got to that point where I was trying to convince myself that business was for me. I was so completely stressed out. I was really the only one doing everything. And finally it got to the point that I figured out two things. One, I only had 24 hours in the day. Sounds like common sense, but you sit down and track all your time in a week. And actually this is one of the first steps that I do with a lot of clients that come to me with the feelings, like we're talking about earlier, the emotions of overwhelm or feel like they're not getting anything done. It's like you're on a diet, track everything you're doing for a week. Cause I'd be willing to bet you spent seven hours on TikTok when you could have been doing Oof. something, else, <laughs> right? Or you, it just all adds up. It doesn't even have to be a seven hour block. It could be an hour a day over a week is seven hours. And so we do that recognizing we only 24 hours and feel, look where your lost time is going. Mm. The second, which is prop, this is a question I still say to myself these days. And even today. I tried to break my own rule that I'm about to tell you. And my team was like, get the fuck out of the website. We've got it. (laughs) I asked myself, do my fingers have to be the ones to touch this? Now, in the beginning, when it's just you as an entrepreneur and you're wearing all the hats, the answer is yes. But there gets to be a point when, hey, I need to update the website. I need to re, I need to build this page and that page or this funnel or do the ads. Do my hands actually have to be the ones to touch all parts of the process or just one part or none of it. And so by using that filter, you can look at all that. We just did it in step one. We figured out where all your time is going, business and business. You can see and go ahead and highlight the areas that your hands don't have to be touching and bonus points. If they are your biggest sources of frustration and they probably are, then you need to, that's where you start hiring. That's where you need to offload first. Yeah. Wow. So it's like, yeah. Finding what is the the main thing that is like, it's often the big time sucks and it's things that you don't necessarily think about. Like today I was like, Oh, I'm just going to put this quick ad up and it ended up evolving into 14 other tasks. Uh And I had to stop myself and say, no team, you do those 14 tasks. I'm doing this one because I'm more profitable 
for the business doing things like this or working with clients or creating content or you know anything else rather than I am doing something that they could do and they're already sitting in the wings getting paid to do anyways. And so you were saying earlier about giving up control. If I just tell myself that, well, you're paying them anyways and you could be doing something else that helps me to ease and give the control off and know that not everything has to be my way. Do I still need to come in and manage and lead and get feedback? Yes, but I don't have to control every aspect. So long as I have outlined what the task is and we keep processes of everything. Um, every time we do a new task, we create a new process and keep it running. But that nice. way I can't easily hand it off because that's often one of the big barriers and why people don't hand stuff off. It's that it's more overwhelming to think about hiring someone because you're going to have to train them. Well, yes. Guess what? If you just did step number one, we figured out where your time was going and you're seeing how ineffective you are in certain tasks. I'd be willing to bet you don't have processes outlined for them. Mm-hmm. It, it, it I have a thousand yard stare. Off. I'm like, yeah, um, <laughs> I've been hiring a booking person for. Oh, God, I don't like I don't know how long <laughs> that I keep being like, you know, I'll just out get. And it's like, it, luckily, it's, you know, someone I know who like they're not depending on this job, they're like, oh, I'll take it up as a side thing. Let me know, whatever I could, you know. But just the like. How much time are you wasting? I know I'm like, I'm going to have to teach him everything, but I'm like, okay, if I and I have finally sat down and like start put everything in order and like made documents of like, because also I was like, well, what if they leave? And then I have to do it all over again. And it's like, well, no, let, let get it organized so that the information is there. So it's much more easily transferable. That's so huge. And I think it's, you know, just a thing that, you know, people need to be reminded of, or when you're doing it all yourself, there's a tendency to go, why I know how to do it. Why would I write out how to do it? And it's like, well, for, because eventually someone else will do it. Hopefully. Or even if you don't plan on hiring someone, there's such value because when you have to try to explain something to someone else, that's when you start realizing the gap. Yeah. Differences. Whereas when we just do it, we just do it because it's second nature by now. But once you explain it to someone, you start going, why the hell am I doing it that way? Even if it's just going to be you and you're not going to hand it off. But like you were saying, um, having to retrain someone, all of our stuff is processes are listed and we have videos for everything. So I don't have to re-repeat it. Ah, oh, brilliant. I'm now realizing why there were so many corny training videos in my young adolescent job years where I'm like another one. I don't need to learn how to make biscuits, Chick-fil-A. I've got it or whatever. Oh, I love Chick-fil-A biscuits. Oh my God. Me too. Yum. I had one today. <gasps> oh, I'm jealous. I'm on like a macros hardcore thing right me now. Too, if it fits girl. Oh yeah. I'm like leaning in for a couple of weeks with, you know, Hawaii's coming up. So I'm like, let me be on my ship for a minute here, but woo. Love a good, I love a good biscuit. Um, I want to talk about, so, um, you're a mom. Mm -hmm. How many kids do you have? Five. How in the hell (laughs) (laughs) do you, how do you find balance? Like how do you make business and life work? I think balance is bullshit. I don't think it exists. I think you do your best within the seasons you're in. So if we're going to take that as the definition of balance, um, nice. I mean, first of all, I was waiting for your face when I said five, most people's eyes bug out, their mouth falls open. <laughs> but 
And I have the same thought every morning when I look up for my coffee at the island and they're all five standing there ready to be fed. I'm like, where the hell did all y'all come from? <laughs> uh, no, I love them. And it, it's actually, it's interesting. I never really was the motherly type. Like I always had this, <laughs> this instinct of feeling to be an entrepreneur. I never really Whoa. had an instinct to be a mom. That's interesting to hear. Cause I, uh, I never had the mom instinct. I'm now at an age where I'm like, oh, there, that's what everyone was talking about. The crying when I see a baby and being like, I guess maybe I should be like just biology. But it's interesting to hear. Uh, please continue. It's just interesting to hear someone who's killing in business with five kids go. I wasn't really what I was thought I was going toward. Really the plan. Um, I mean, I love them. It's wonderful. I mean, most days today they were a bit much, but as you hear, they're not in the house. Freedom. <laughs> they're supervised. They're not unsupervised. They're in the street. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, yeah, I threw some pizza on the front lawn. No, they um what was the question? Oh, balance, balance. So I mean now, again, you guys are looking at this at like chapter 16, five kids, mm -hmm. right? Seven, I don't know how many years I've been doing this. So it's not like I built all this at once and they're older now. They're in school. Thank God. I mean, pandemic was, oh, girl, uh, barely I don't know that. how anyone I could barely handle my dog, which no parent wants to hear me say. They're like, go fuck yourself. I have three dogs. Yeah. They're more of a, a butt than the kids are. I get it. <laughs> because they can't do anything for themselves. They're just like, no, please have feet, walk. <laughs> I know. Mine was just whining outside the door. Oh. But if I let him in here, he'll be all over. But yeah, so balance. Um, yeah, I don't really, I have the normal podcast answer, but I'm going to give you the real one. Like, I don't fucking think it exists. I think you try your best. I schedule everything. So like with my trainings for Ironman and team USA, I try to train every morning after the kids go to take them to school. And my, I don't schedule any sort of like calls during the mornings, I only do them in the afternoons. I do all of like my video recordings like this one day a week. Wow. So that I only have to get dressed up one day, put a bra on. Oh my on God. That's, that's so smart. <laughs> oh God. It, does, it doesn't always work that way though. Right. Of course. I mean, scheduling and it just, it is what it is. But <clears throat> I just know for me, like I, every day, like I have law firm days, I have very specific days for different brands and we try to schedule everything, but the answer is honestly fluidity and grace and flexibility. And right now it's having a really good solid team. Could I survive without them? Maybe they're going to listen to this in mutiny. Yeah, they're no, like, I, yeah, right, bitch. Yeah, right. Yeah. They're like, she's lying. Um, <laughs> I probably could in the short term, just because we have the processes down and so much is automated and I'm at that place. Do I want to? No, because I don't think growth would continue. I think I could consistently hold down the fort. Um, but yeah, I don't. And I know that may sound discouraging for someone that's like, oh, I have multiple kids and I'm just starting out. You can still do it. You can still do it as your own. I, I think my biggest yeah, actually, when we look at the calendar and we're going to schedule everything, I put all my own personal shit first. Like, family is more important. Now there's a balance, right? I can't just take off for 10 months and then just think I'm going to still make yeah. the revenue that I'm making. But I sit down and I figure out what are my trips for the year? What are my races? What's my training look like? And we adjust my opportunities and my commitments based on that. So life first, then business and everything scheduled. Oh, I love that. I love that you put life on the calendar and that you do it first versus my habit, which I'm sure not alone in to be like, well, where can I squeeze in 
a dinner with my boyfriend because I want to see it. Yeah, yeah. No, and it's like, no, putting it in ahead of time, making like those like especially if you're that I am constantly mind blown by my own dumb habits where I go like you're you make your own schedule. What are you doing, you idiot? Like, stop. You can have a day off or like. Well, oftentimes it comes from like a, oh man, we're going to get deep here. Sometimes (laughs) that this comes from a subconscious feeling of potential failure. Mm -hmm. If I don't, if I take time off, shit's going to fall to hell. Like for the longest time, I was like, if I don't respond to my customer service emails, the whole audience is going to leave me and never buy it from me because they're mad. It's not me. No one has ever said that, at least to my face. Wow. And if I need to come in and get involved, the team gets me involved. But that, so that was one of the very first things I got rid of to open up my day. But yeah, I mean, it, it honestly, business is really all about the most simplistic things that we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that schedule. Great. But it's like, no, but do you really like it? It's, it's having, it's an art of scheduling though, to ensure like the whole stacking of all podcasts in one day. I know that I only have to set up the spot. I know I only have to get ready once. Like I don't, whereas before, if I would try to do them all during the week, you get in a groove of writing or you get in a groove with clients and you have to stop and switch gears. You're way more ineffective in all that you do. And, and I'm, I know this has been taught ad nauseum, but so many entrepreneurs just don't freaking do it. Yeah. Well, and that's so important. Cause like, especially, you know, you know, if you're, you've got your own business, you're your own, like, you know, creative boss, but sometimes you get in those, you know, kind of flows with an idea or something you're working on where like, you really are in it. You want to dig into it. And if you have to stop for like a podcast mm-hmm. or a goddamn coffee, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, fuck, I, I'm going to lose the, and you, you'll be able to come back to it. But like, there's some, there's just those, I mean, anyone who does their own projects knows you have those magic moments where you're like, oh, I'm in it. I am just tearing through this assignment, this thing I'm working on and it's going well. And I'm in a flow. It's a flow. It's a flow state. Uh, A yoga teacher would cringe at me being like me writing jokes about my butthole when I'm in a flow state. She'd be like, that's not what that seems the opposite of what we're going for. But (laughs) Um, yeah, that's it's so funny because there's such like and this is why I love talking to to people who work like in the field you do and even listening to sort of business, business development podcasts, even though it took me a while to realize like, oh, I am a business, which is weird finding like the separation. You're not alone. A lot of people don't. Yeah. Especially creatives. Well, yeah. Cause it was, we're psychos. Cause we're like my art <laughs> and you're like, all right, well fine. But I make a living at something else then, or like understand that this is also your living you got to find the balance, but balance lies. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I just totally lost my train of thought. Oh, well, um, <laughs> but no, I just, I just think that's like, it's so real that you are, you know, I don't know. It's just, it, but you know what? It took me a long time to figure that out because it was like, you were saying I would wake up and go, when's the last time I went for a walk or to yoga class or simply just 
went to dinner with my husband, like in that, that there's something wrong with that, especially if you're in business to be able to have the life that you want to do. And they're not doing anything. You're not actually living it. That's bullshit. And so the majority of those influencers that are posting that kind of crap are, trust me, I know they're my clients. They're putting it out there on social that, oh, they're zipping here and there and amazing dinners and all this. It's like a quick snap. They're not actually committing to that lifestyle because they don't actually want to do the things that need done, which is fundamentally sketching it all out from the beginning, making that intention, attitude, and action on every step in the business. Yeah. I mean, and I don't say that from a judgy place because I was there. Yeah. It took me like 10 years to figure this shit out before I finally got into a mode where I could do other things for me, but yeah, you know, but even now my, uh, my training schedule is shifting because races are being canceled again. And so we're just pivoting in business. We're like, okay, time is opening up. We can put more opportunities in. So it's just being self-aware of the circumstances and the season of life that you're in and not trying to have it just be like this consistent all the time. It's going to ebb and flow. And the quicker that you get on board with that and not fight it, um, you'll be able to, you'll be able to enact what you need to do life or business-wise way easier. Oh yeah. And like you, you're calling yourself an idiot. I feel dumb that it took me 10 years to figure it out. Right. Well, it's <laughs> like, and there's, I mean, it, it's so true that like, accept it. There's so much freedom in accepting your situation. Acceptance is like such a release of the amount of stress we add on ourselves by going, I would rather do this. Or like, I hate that I have to do this. And it's like, all right, well, these are what you're working with. So stop that and just be, be where you are. But it's, and there also is like so many little nuggets that I think it takes all of us. Like there's this, these general pieces of information that one day it actually clicks mm-hmm. and then you go, Oh, Oh yeah. That's, that's why everyone says that. And then that's step one of how long is it going to take to go from there? And it's different for everybody to actually mm-hmm. leaning into it. Cause you go like, Oh, but I've been like not doing that for so long. It's funny you say that because you're on the computer sitting on top of probably 10 business books right here. Ah. And if you go through any of them that are out there, business development books, they're, they're not like revolutionary ideas. They're very simplistic ideas that are just being shown how to properly apply them. And I do, you know, I'm going to get on a soapbox for a second. I freaking hate this onslaught of Instagram and Pinterest. And maybe it's because I came, you know, pre-social of this whole, of like hustle culture, this, or, you know, do whatever needs to be done. 5am club, you know, all that sort of Mm -hmm. crap that we see and that you feel like you have to chase, you have to do because the real nuggets, like you said, the real nuggets that are simplistic and earth shattering are so cliche now that people are just skipping over it and looking for like this golden ticket. I'm like, no, dude, it's the pebbles on the ground that you're stepping over, pick them up and start building your damn empire. You're not, you're not, you're not damn Willy Wonka. No, you're not Charlie. You're not getting that golden ticket. No, it's not happening. But like, it's so funny too. Yeah. Even with all those like books like that, sometimes the reason reading things like that are so great is because it reminds you of a thing that you maybe have like slipped off on and you're like, Oh, I need to refocus. I need to keep, get back to doing that. And like, that's such great wisdom. And I love the pebbles on the ground thought that you're just, like, I made that up just now. Don't fucking steal it. Great. It's mine. I'm starting. I'm <laughs> I know. A lawyer reach out to me for my business coaching. Um, <laughs> um, let me ask you this. And then I think, well, we'll wrap up, but, in, you know, building your own business and being an entrepreneur and, and 
making a successful life that you want both, you know, personal and career. Um, how important do you think it is to, to learn how to say no? It's a double-edged sword. Um, I think it's important, but I think that oftentimes entrepreneurs can take it too far. Mm. I always say the ultimate rejection is telling yourself no. But what I mean by that is you're telling yourself no from a place of fear and not from a place of um, awareness Mm -hmm. or boundary. Because in the beginning, I was like, I'll take all the opportunities. I just wanted to get out there. And it was like throwing spaghetti noodles on a wall. Oh yeah. What sticks sticks, right? And it contributed to um, not having the whole family and business balance. But so, yes, I think no is extremely important. But so long as you're doing going through the right evaluation procedure, like, why are you saying no? And, you know, sometimes if it just feels wrong and you don't want to do it, great. But I really want you to drill down into what is your reason for no here? Like, is what is your intuition telling you? of the no, or is it like anxiety or is it overridden fear? Like we have to figure out and humans, and this is something I've learned in the last year and a half since I've had personal shit is that we, it's not as simple as A to B. We are Mm -hmm. so multifaceted and I have been so quick in my business to make quick decisions that people champion. They're like, that's great. You can look at an opportunity and say yes or no. But for a long time, it was a detriment because I was saying no to opportunities out of a negative space mm-hmm. and not through the whole like, okay, well, my avatar is not there. This doesn't suit me. They're not my brand. Like going through the real logical things that need to do and then partnering that with figuring out why I feel the way I do. Absolutely. And again, that's pulling the woo and the logic together. I love it. Um, I know some people operate simply from if it doesn't feel good, don't do it. Great. But I don't freaking like doing my taxes and paying Uncle Sam but I sure as hell am not going to like going to prison more. Yeah, so. it's like, well, because sometimes, you know, <laughs> there is some aspect of learning to trust your emotions and like your instincts because we spend so many years kind of getting away from that or questioning it or for a variety of reasons. Everyone has their own traumas that make them like stop thinking they can trust their instincts. But then, yeah, as you were saying, sometimes that like anxiety, fear, it's like, it doesn't mean you need to run away. It's like this precursor excitement. It's new. It is like a little scary, but you don't have to like, just because something's challenging doesn't mean you're supposed to run away from it. So it, I love that. Just the evaluating and so great. So much great information. Thank you for talking to me. Uh, yeah. Where? Yeah. Oh, well, well, thank you. You're welcome. You're awesome. You're awesome. Where can people go if they want to utilize your services or like get coaching or, you know, get business coaching for themselves or yeah. Anything. So if you guys want to come to my stand-up comedy show in Washington, <laughs> <DC>. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Um, I, I get my quippiness from my dad, but I'm I can't hang tough with you guys. Y'all are amazing. I I ad living and just all that blows my mind. It's incredible. We're just but- unwell. <laughs> Yeah, well, but that honestly, that's what makes it. That's what's awesome. <laughs> but anyways, about me, no, I'm kidding. But really, like if you guys want to find me, rachelbrinke.com is the mothership website. It's Rachel Brinke on all the socials and we can just filter you out from there. I actually do my own social media wow. because A, I've got control issues and B, I just love it because um, I've off 
loaded so much. So if you do reach out, uh, you'll you'll get me. Uh, so if you have any questions, please feel free. And I'm more than happy. I know we we were joking about the whole coffee thing, but I am. We are happy. Myself and the team are happy to help get you guys to the resources. I have tons of podcasts episodes on almost any topic you can think about. Because I just really do. If you have a desire for entrepreneurship, I want it to happen for you. If you want it, and so let's make it happen. I love that you guys go make make your things happen with Rachel. We love you. I'll see you next time. Bye, idiots. Was I right or was I fucking right? How amazing was Rachel Branke? Listen, you guys go follow her. Go get coaching from her. Go listen to her podcast. She's the best. It's all in the show notes. So go, 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 go. She's amazing. If you like her and I know you do go follow her. If you like the podcast, subscribe, rate, review it on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this thing. I know there's a million other options. So thank you for tuning in from wherever the fuck you are. Share it with your friends because everyone's a little bit ignorant sometimes. Big thank you to Eric, Jean, Michelle, Greg, Kathy, Terry, exclusive members of the League of Extraordinary Idiots. And you can be part of that. Or you can join a smaller tier on Patreon, patreon.com slash JMS comedy. We've got all types of stuff going on over there. Postcards, hangouts, You get the episodes early with no cuts, which is fun because sometimes you get like cool, like bonus tea, but also you get to hear the weird in the middle of commercials and be going, okay, so hang on. I'm just going to restart and that work. Hold on. So, you know, just all the hot stuff over there. Um, You can follow the podcast at Ignorance is Blessed on Twitter, not on Twitter, on Instagram. It's also on Twitter at Blessed Podcast. You can follow it there. If uh, you're a big Twitter person and you just like, I just want to know when the link comes out because I don't have my podcasting up, but I live on Twitter. That's a place to go. Otherwise, not really doing much on that Twitter. Suggestions. Welcome. If you have additional questions for Rachel or any guest or you want to suggest a guest, I listen to your suggestions. I take them. I love feedback. That's what this whole thing is about. It's a conversation. This whole podcast is about getting to know others. What are your interests? Best way to let me know those in the Facebook group. Ignorance is hashtag blessed idiots. By the way, there are entry questions to get into the group because there's a bunch of weirdos on Facebook. Who knew? So make sure you answer the questions. Mention the podcast if you want to join the group and keep giving those suggestions. Keep asking your questions because the more we ask, the more we learn, the more we know. And the more we know, the more we can look down on others who aren't as smart as we are. And isn't that the point? Thank you for listening. And as always, Thank you for being patient with my ignorance. See you soon, idiots. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious 
serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.